And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Captain Rory's Jim Jams, perfect evening wear for the star-faring professional who needs to be ready at a moment's notice to meet with a colleague, or push someone out of an airlock. Previously on Cautious Optimism. Thank you everyone for coming to the, the staff meeting. I know we've all been working very hard. I think whatever is letting me get these little psychic flashes is letting me realize that we might be stuck in a time loop. I have to finish my experiments quickly. They're really going to do this. I have to hurry. Nothing that scientist does is coming on this ship. I am outside of the human scientist's lab. This lady ain't packing nothing. She's working on an experiment. Arvu, Arvu Earth needs power for his chrono modification field generator. I'm suddenly feeling very tired, and we have to lay down on this hover gurney and take a nap. Uh, powering up wormhole generator. Hold on to your butts. Hello, Cautious Optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Kyan Brunt. A mature. I am a doctor. A nine foot tall, four armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous. Mm, what are you hauling? Goo thing. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. As the wormhole generator activates, the ship is surrounded by a field of white energy, and everything starts to go a little hazy, all of your vision starts to go a little blurred, you start to lose balance, there's a strong sense of nausea, and suddenly the white light outside the ship disappears, it clears, and you find yourself in the darkness of outer space. You see distant pinpricks of light, the faraway stars. The nausea drains away. You start to feel better. Your vision clears up. And you suddenly feel like you're being pulled down by the artificial gravity of the ship at a normal rate and everything. But you suddenly feel a strong gravitational pull to the starboard side of the ship. And a quick glance out a window or viewport in that direction reveals you are super, super close to one of the three stars, and you're being pulled into it. Oh, is that all? Um, uh, <laughs> yes, the end. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's not what I meant. I mean, is that the only obstacle I have to deal with here? Oh. I mean, that sounds like a piloting problem to me. Is Shipcom back online? If you say Shipcom or, or try to activate them, you get no response. Are comms back online? Yes. Engineering to the bridge. Go ahead. 
Captain, what the hell's going on out there? Um, we're very close to the sun. I'm trying to maneuver us away from it, but guess what? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't working. Yeah. Divert all powers to the thrusters pushing us away. <laughs> yeah. Let's. We just, I mean, we might as well try. It's just the sun. Just a star. It's just a star. It's just a star. Do you want to do an engineering roll to try to reroute power? That's what I would like to do. All right, let's do that. At ties, 13-13. I believe in GURPS you succeed on a tie, but just, you know, barely, barely. Makes sense. Makes sense. And Kells, go ahead and make a piloting roll. Oh, criminy. 11. That's good. My piloting is a 14, so success by three. Success by three... And you are getting a little extra juice from Hank's engineering, redirecting power. So the ship stops being pulled into the star, but you're also not escaping the star either. You're kind of being held in check. And if the engines were to go out or anything, you would continue falling into the star. I open up the comms to the whole ship. Ideas? Thoughts? What are we doing? Well, I've given her all I've got, Captain. Fee <laughs> says, Captain, Captain, we could try to fire the wormhole generator again and go somewhere else. I don't know if there's enough juice, but it's an option. Nothing could go wrong generating a wormhole next to a store. Nothing could go wrong. Let's do it. <laughs> if nobody else has any other suggestions, I say we go for it. Might as well. I know what happens if we get pulled into the star. I have a certain result there. We don't even have to be pulled into it. If we get much closer, we're toast. Yeah. I would like to divert what remaining power there is to the wormhole generator. All right. Everybody turn your phone's Wi-Fi off. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. You didn't put it in airplane mode. <sighs> so that's what happens when you don't put your phone in airplane mode. You get sucked into a star. <laughs> yep. Turns out it really is a big deal. Um, so see he and Captain, this is what I propose. We cut all power to the thrusters at the same time we activate the generator so that it does have enough juice to do it. And then we quickly pull the power back so that we can jet through it. The wormhole generator is on the stations. Oh, that's right. I have to activate it remotely. I'll need to get on your computer and establish a connection. I don't know if that'll work through the time bubble, but I can try. And if I can send it a command to create a new wormhole, we'll just have to hope for the best. Can I use your computer? Oh, I don't like that at all. Is that a yes or a no to me using the computer? <laughs> well, that depends. Is she in the on the bridge or in engineering? Who is she asking permission for? I think she'd be on the bridge. Ah, great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hank, do we really have no other option? Well, we could try firing a missile into the star, but I don't think it's going to be big enough of a boom. And if it is a big enough boom, it's going to kill us all. Can we fire the missile into the station and maybe ride a wave out? Ooh. Hey, oh, hey, uh, hold, excuse what? You didn't hear anything. I don't love that plan. Give me the over under, Hank. Of it working? Um, if it requires a roll, there's a. Pro I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it did suck me out into space, but that was not the uh, space time continuum folding in on itself, creating. Yes, I think it's a good idea. I literally think it's a good idea. Then do it. See, <laughs> Fee says, um, um, <laughs> uh, I'd like to preserve the station if possible. We might be able to use it for future. Oh, absolutely. Surely, surely, surely. Because it sounded like you were talking about blowing it up. Not at all. Deception roll. Where's that at? 
<laughs> oh, I got it. Don't worry about it. All right. Just take a seat, CKP. Just, just hold on. And I'm sprinting down the long hallway to the missile room. All right. Well, she doesn't, you know, resist. So she goes ahead and sits down and is just looking around nervously. But temperature on the ship is also rising steadily. So you're all starting to get a little sweaty and hot. Would that be due to the star? Yes. Okay. Yes, that <laughs> I just would... wanted to check. <laughs> no one left a toaster oven on or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. The thermal installation of the cautious optimism is insufficient for this proximity to the star. And eroding as we speak. No. Perhaps. <laughs> All right, so Hank arrives at the missile room. Yep. Did we leave a missile loaded in it? I don't remember. I'll load a missile. I don't think we did. I think we very carefully removed everything after the disaster that was the test firing. That sounds right. I will load the live round into the missile launcher. Okay. You go ahead and do that successfully. I'm sure you've practiced and prepared for that, so no roll is needed. And now the missile launcher only fires directly forward. And right now, you're not pointed at the station. Okay. You aim the missile launcher by aiming the ship. So that'll be a flight roll. And we are facing exactly away from the space station. So, Captain, if you could rotate her 180 degrees and line me up with the station, I can make the shot. Success by two. As the ship changes course, you're starting to fall back into the star because the engines aren't facing directly away from it anymore, but you're lined up correctly with the space station to get a shot off. And since it's a stationary target... It shouldn't have a dodge or anything. Yeah, it's not going to dodge or anything. There is a particular role for shooting a missile, though. I mean, I've got missile weapons pistol. I mean, if we could, you know, modify that a bit or... Again, I should have looked up how to fire the missile, but I did not anticipate anyone shooting a missile. (laughs) This wasn't the solution you had in mind to this problem, Tom? No. (laughs) But this one's a lot more exciting. Is this a lot more cinematic, I think? Yes. Good. Than your proposed solution? Yeah. Yeah, this will look good on the movie version. It'll look very good on the movie version. Or even if somebody draws this like a comic book or something, that would also... You know, <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Would also work. <laughs> that would be amazing. Okay, so so did you guys figure it out? No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm looking through the table of contents. No, so take okay. your time. Take your time. I just, yeah. I proposed a solution. You know, I said, you know, I've got proficiency <laughs> in missile weapons pistols. Let's use that with a modifier or something. That's a good suggestion. Of course it is. It's a roll of 16. I'd like to modify off of a 16. (laughs) Page 59 of the GURPS Spaceships instruction book tells us that ballistic attacks uh, are very complicated. Son of a gun. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) See what you did there. Guns, missile launchers, and ramming spacecraft all use these rules. Since the attacker is steering or homing on the target, range modifiers are relative velocity. Oh my goodness. How complicated does this have to be? <laughs> it's space, Todd. It's space. It's, well, yes. I mean, in real life, it would be very complicated. We're just trying to play a game. <laughs> I don't want to take forever while I try to understand the rules of GURPS. So listeners, feel free to contact the, the show with uh, how to play this darn game. <laughs> but for now, let's just go ahead and call it a piloting maneuver because it's basically a matter of lining up the ship 
correctly, and you already made a successful piloting roll. Yeah. So we're going to say the missile launches out, and it is going directly towards the space station, and it's traveling along as you would expect, and then as it gets to the edge of the time bubble, it suddenly, just in the blink of an eye, there's a huge explosion, because everything inside the bubble is accelerated, so the missile just went from the edge of the time bubble to the station has exploded, and there's a huge shockwave coming towards the ship. As the shockwave hits you, let's make another piloting roll to see how successfully you ride the wave. All right. Surf's up. Success by two. Rory points the ship in the direction the wave is going at exactly the right moment. There's a shake, you know, there's a big impact as it hits the ship, but nothing is damaged. Nobody's knocked to the ground or anything. And the ship surfs that shockwave far away from the star out into empty space and to safety. Yay! Wow, you are an amazing pilot, Captain. Thank you. I'm glad someone finally noticed. (laughs) I am sad that one of the most unique research facilities in the galaxy was destroyed, but oh well. There's nothing we can do about it now unless we had some sort of time machine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So uh, we're going to have to do a sweep over the ship to make sure nobody brought that time machine with us. All right. um. (laughs) Well, Captain, um, I very much appreciate you rescuing me and and all of my fellow scientists. I wonder if you would be willing to to bring us to Delonia to, to drop us off? Oh, that sounds familiar. That was a place, is that a place we were headed? You have not been to Dolonia before. It is the home planet of the Dulons. Ah, okay. Sihifi is a Dulon. Gotcha. Well, first of all, over the comms, I say status report, is everybody okay? Rico emerges from the kitchen with a mug of coffee for you in a, like, best pilot mug. (laughs) (laughs) Hands it to you. There you go. Thank you, Rico. You're welcome, Captain. <laughs> Is engineering okay, Todd? Largely. Okay. It wasn't damaged much by the impact, but a lot of your repairs and work while you were on the station were focused on reinforcing the hull and getting the engines working and stuff. So the cautious optimism always needs a lot of engineering, tinkering and fixing up, but even more so now than usual. <laughs> Outstanding. Oh, I tried to contact Shipcom. Shipcom is still not responding. Oh, God. I would like to try to get Shipcom back online. Okay. Let's make some kind of engineering fixy-uppy roll. Oh. Nailed it. Uh, Seven out of 13, so success by six. Wow. All right. So you spend some time repairing all the different interfaces and connections and everything for your shipcom and that all goes really well you're confident that it is correctly and operationally connected to the ship but there are problems inside the main computer core that are beyond your engineering prowess to repair this is very advanced computer stuff i would like to place a hand on shipcom look it right in the retinal scanner and say I'll fix you friend just give me a little time oh there is sadly no response from shipcom because if you remember you know several episodes ago we bonded so yeah yeah 
So I make my way down to where everybody else is so we can have a discussion about where we're going to go. Kyan still has a Lorndon tying down in <laughs> Sick Bay and uh, another scientist kind of sitting there, from what I understand, just kind of sullen. Yep. What you do in your private life is your business. We're not going to judge you, Kyan. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> not with Lorndon's. <laughs> we don't do anything with Lorndon's. <laughs> We hardly tolerate them. All right. I'll just go and wait until everyone's kind of around. And if that means I have to go to Medbay and call everybody to Medbay, that's fine too. Well, do you want to speak to just the crew or do you want to speak to the scientists as well? I guess everybody at this point. So the conference room we've never discussed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everybody's either in the break room or on the bridge, I would think. We have a season two conference room. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Why have we never used this room before? (laughs) Probably like the missile room. It's full of junk. Mm, That's fair. Well, I mean, it's up to you guys. The work you did working on Shipcom probably takes about an hour. So if you want to have everybody on hand, you probably want to wait an hour or so for that to finish. So Hank is free. Okay, that's a good point. So in that case, I'm going to go down to gather up Kyan and Rico, because I know Hank's working on that, and, and talk to them privately. So I imagine we're just sort of in the break room or something, having left the scientists all sitting on the bridge, apart from the one that's strapped down in it, well, the two that are in the med bay. Yeah, we can just meet outside of med bay, as far as I'm concerned. As Kyan goes to leave med bay, Cynthia says, oh, can, can we unstrap... Uh, uh, Harvu Earth, now we're off the station and his time machine's exploded? Nope. <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> no. Absolutely no, we not. Do, do I have to stay in this room now? or I don't know. Captain, what do you think? Why don't we have all the non-crew that are not strapped down to gurneys meet in the mess hall? We're going to have a full ship's meeting in about an hour. Oh, okay. And... Uh, Lead scientist, C. Fee, says, Sounds good to me, Captain. Everybody, you heard the Captain. Let's go to their break room. Captain, do you guys have real coffee? Because we ran out of coffee a long time ago. Oh, yes, yes, we've got plenty of coffee. Please help yourself. Don't break my very uh, unique coffee uh, jug, though, will you? We'll be very careful. (laughs) I can't wait to have a real cup of coffee again. (laughs) And they all go marching off. So, well, that was more successful than I sort of imagined it was going to be, Captain. I feel we were very lucky in that whole exchange. (laughs) So, we've got an opportunity to drop these people off on a planet that starts with a D that now I've totally forgotten. Delonia, Captain. Delonia. And I don't see any reason why. I mean, do we know anything about about Delonia? Is it a bad place? Is it silly? It's home to the Dulons. They stand about two feet tall. That's about 0.6 meters tall. They're hairless, and they often have cyborg implants sticking out of their heads and other body parts. Dulon is known to be about the same technological level as most of the League of Planets. Okay. They do have a pretty forward-thinking social environment or whatnot. They're generally considered a pretty good group of people. Okay. So yeah, I mean, unless you guys can think of anything different, I figured it's as good a place as any to touch down, try to fix Shipcom, assess our situation, and, you know, figure out our next step. That seems wise. We've also, uh, I wonder if there's anybody who wants to buy 10 supercomputers. 
That is also a possibility. Since they are now homeless. What do we do with the Lorndon? Oh, we give him to the Delonians. Yeah, I mean, strap him to one of their gurneys and leave. Well, that's what I was going to say. Do we leave him strapped down or what do you want? I think since he's been strapped down, we've had nothing but success. I don't want to do So, I mean, like, he's fine. He's not in pain. We're feeding him and watering him. I mean, like, he's not being tortured. He's just being casually restrained. Some people pay for that. I mean, this will be fine. He'll be okay. <laughs> you don't have any Tears of the Gods stashed in Medbay, do you? That would be a disaster. I don't think I've got any Tears of the Gods anywhere. <laughs> if I do, it's not because I meant to. Yeah, no, I don't think we have any on the ship. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Indeed. At some point, we're going to need to discuss me and Tears of the Gods and our happy little relationship that I seem to be having with that wonderful bit of nonsense. Yeah. Oh, yes. Fascinating. I mean, it sucks for you, but it could be actually helpful. There could be some benefits to it. This is true if it doesn't cause me to, like, well, normally we'd say grow a new arm, but I've got four of them already, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth looking into, but it could also be, I don't know, a good thing. We might be able to use a little precognition or <laughs> much telepathy in the troubles that we get into. This is true. But yes, just as a general housekeeping, I feel like we can just let these scientists go about their business. I don't think we've committed any major crimes in front of them that are going to come back to us. What do we think the guild is? Do we think they know anything about what's happened? Maybe we should look into seeing if there's any sort of news article or any sort of report about what's happened to us or where we're at. Oh, we should probably try and work out how much time has passed. I was just going to say, yeah, we barely should. We don't actually know what the date is. And we can't ask Shipcom, but uh, yes, we should try and make some communication with somebody and find out what the date is. Todd, if the ship is flying, it must have some sort of nav system. Based on the nav system, it must have some sort of relationship to star charts. Like, we haven't been gone like a millennia or something ridiculous, right? Stars aren't where they're supposed to be. Like, the universe hasn't expanded since we left. Like, noticeably expanded. I see what you mean, yeah. There's not a computer system that'll calculate that for you, but if Rico wanted to use the sensor data on where all the stars are and do some math, she could figure it out. Okay, well, she'll give that a go. I'll see if I can work that out, Captain. I'll go and try and do that right now. Roll my dice. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten against thirteen. So success by three. Success by three. You look at all the sensor data from the ship, and you remember everything you learned about astronomy, and do some math, and what you determine is that it is essentially one hour after you entered the time bubble in regular real space. Oh, well, Captain, the good news is we've only been gone for an hour. Oh, so we definitely still have a guild problem. Uh, yes. <laughs> that seems quite likely. I don't know why, but I was convinced that time was working the opposite way. I forgot that we were moving faster, not the real world. Yeah, I've gotten confused about that a lot during this adventure, too. <laughs> time and space is complicated. <laughs> it is. It's really, really, really complicated. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, then if nobody has any objections, then I figure we'll go with the Delonia plan. I mean, I'll check with Hank, but I can't imagine he'll have an issue with it. The supercomputer job wasn't a guild job, was it? I assumed it was. Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. 
So we should probably tell Anya what happened? Or do we tell them that they were delivered? Well, I think it's probably not going to be very long until they work out that we destroyed the space station, Captain. <laughs> like, if we'd left it in one piece, that might have been one thing, but we did just blow it up. Somebody will notice. Do we say we couldn't find it? No, because that shows incompetence on our part. Yeah. All right. And in the act of not finding it, we mysteriously blew it up. That seems like, <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a stretch, Captain. All right. Well, this is a very well-known research station. We're hardly out in the middle of nowhere. True. I think it's very likely that the guild will find out what happened here. I mean, there's probably guild people enmeshed with the science community on Delonia. Well, then, I guess I should call Anya Brecht and give her a report of what's happened with my spin on it. Absolutely, Captain. So, yeah, if, if Hank's still trying to fix things and taking forever, I'll go ahead and do that in the interim, too. <laughs> Maybe I should go and see if I can be of assistance to Hank. Probably not a bad plan. I'm going to go back to the bridge and call Anya Brecht. Okay, and I guess I'll go to engineering or to wherever Shipcom lives. Well, Shipcom's on the bridge too. I think the the computer core that is Shipcom is probably in engineering. Okay. Yeah. But it's piped into the comm systems all over the ship. Gotcha. All right, so do you want to go ahead and do that call to Anya Brecht now? Yeah, if you're ready, I will. All right. Beep, beep, boop. Hello, this is Anya Breck. Hey, it's Rory from the Cautious Optimism. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. You know, busy as ever. There's a lot going on these days. How how are you doing? Have you managed to finish that supercomputer delivery yet? Finished it. Terrific. Well, but here's the thing. <laughs> they didn't want the computers anymore. They didn't want them? No, so I still have them. <sighs> they refused delivery? They did. They were having some other issue on the station. I don't know if you knew this or not, but the station actually blew up. What? We're giving the scientists a ride back to Delonia. So if you've got a contact to offload these computers on Delonia, that would be helpful. The station blew up? Oh, my. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. It was. We just barely got out of there with all of the, well, most of the scientists in tow. But yeah, we still have these supercomputers that need to go somewhere. My goodness. I'm sorry. I had no idea that that was going to be such a dangerous mission. I thought I was giving you an easy one. Yeah, no, that was, it was pretty... It's pretty hairy there for a little while, but it's fine. We got out of it. We're uh, we're not new to this game. Well, that's great to hear. And great that you were able to save the cargo under those circumstances. I'm sure I can find another buyer for a bunch of supercomputers. Actually, I might have an idea who they could go to. You said you rescued some of the scientists, right? Are you going to ferry them to Dulon, Dulonia? Yes, that is the plan. Terrific. Go ahead and set your course for Delonia. I'll uh, see if I can find a buyer for these supercomputers, and I will get back to you as soon as I have some news. Great. And if you could pass on a little message to the captain of the Flyhard and tell him thanks for the gift. It came in handy. Oh, very good. I'm glad. I'm Wait, what do you mean it came in handy? We had to use the gift to be able to escape the station in time. Huh. Okay. You... Weren't involved in the station exploding, were you? Not initializing the explosion, no. Okay. You know what? That's great. I'll find a buyer for those supercomputers. I will let the flyhard know you appreciated their shipment, and I will talk to you soon. Sounds great. <laughs> On you out. Probably should have kept that one a little closer to the vest, Captain. They're going to find out anyway, and this way I can argue that we were shooting at the time bubble, trying to ricochet off that. You still got some fast talk today. It's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't want to act like I'm hiding anything. 
But also, screw that station. <laughs> I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. I'd do it again. All right. <laughs> I set a course for Delonia at this point and let everybody else do what they want to do. Delonia is about two days out. And about this time, I feel like your London passenger is waking up. Is anybody in sickbay still? Did Kyan stay there? That was my assumption. Yeah. Okay. He was even leaning in the doorway, keeping an eye. Like, I don't trust this guy as far as I can throw him. So as Harvu Urs is waking up, he starts saying, "Where? where am I? What? What's? Why? Help! Help! I can't move! Help! Help! I can't move! You're fine, buddy. You're fine. You're on the cautious optimism. I'm paralyzed. You're no. You're just. You're just strapped down, buddy. You're fine. What? Why am I strapped down? Why? why what's going on? I have to get my experiment loaded on the ship. There's no time to lose. Quick! It's gone, my friend. It's it's done. No! 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 no. Unstrap me. How long was I asleep? You were asleep for a while. Did we leave the station already? Oh, yeah. Long gone. No! <laughs> Forgot what drama queens Lornans were. Yeah. Why am I strapped down? Because you were in the process of trying to deal with the time experiment and we did not trust you to let it go so that we could safely leave the station but we're off so now we're on our way to delonia and it'll be wonderful Uh i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to my lawyer this is illegal you can't restrain me against my will like this ah but you seem to be ill and i as a doctor I'm just making sure that you are safe. I'm not ill and you know it. <laughs> There's a forearm shrug for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. You know, ever since the cautious optimism showed up on that station, everything has been awful. You people are the worst. That tends to be RMO. We're not even on the station anymore. I, you can untie me now. Can I? Can I? What do you think I'm going to do now? I don't know. I don't know. I can honestly say I don't know, but whatever it is, I'm sure it will not be good. You're suddenly overcome by a wave of anger, sadness, and a sense of helplessness and a little bit of claustrophobia. And it hits you like a wave, and then it slowly drains away. He gets it. (laughs) He understands. And I think now that he's had this happen a couple times, he kind of is not taken back by it as much, but he is concerned nonetheless. Can I have some food? Where's Cynthia? Why don't we do this? If I unstrap you and walk you to the mess hall, will you behave yourself, or am I going to have to worry about what you're going to do? Of course I'll behave myself. My life's work is gone. There's nothing left for me to do. I'll just sit there quietly. <laughs> I do have the quirk cautious. <laughs> so I don't know that he would do any or careful, I guess. So I don't know. <laughs> I have to I have to use the bathroom. He's going to open a channel to the bridge. Captain, I have a very cranky Lorndon here who would like to go to the mess hall and eat. Thoughts? Also the bathroom. Also the bathroom. God. Yeah, I'll be right there to help. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) So I go down there (laughs) to the midway. Captain, I demand to be set free. I am a citizen of the League of Planets and you are unlawfully restraining me. 
Yeah. So here's the deal. From my perspective, you're the scientist who stuck everyone in a time bubble in a time loop, and we're conducting what can only be described as illegal experiments. They were not illegal. They were authorized by the Lord and Science Society and the Doulon Committee to see who could be allowed on the station to do research. It was approved and authorized. It was not an illegal experiment. Well, here's the thing. You're in luck. We're going to Doulon right now, and we're going to drop you off there. I'm going to assist Kyan, and we're going to let you out, and you can go to the restroom. You can go to the mess hall as long as we're there with you, and Listen, you're an extremely smart and resourceful guy. And personally, I'm a little intimidated. And I'm also a little bit worried or concerned that you might cause some trouble in retaliation. And I don't want that because I've got to protect my crew. So we're all just going to be friends and just do normal things like go to the bathroom like normal and eat some food like normal. And we're not going to have any issues or any problems because Lorndon's, because they're spherical, will shoot straight out of an airlock beautiful just the seamless it's like one of your air tubes except at the end is freezing death do you understand are we are we clear here let's all just be friends and calm down and we're going to drop you off as soon as we can i'm not going to get into any trouble i have no interest in being friends with any of you but yes i promise i am not going to do anything weird in the bathroom it was i don't know why you said go to the bathroom normally like i'm going to do something strange Look, you created some sort of time machine. I don't know what you could do in a bathroom. It has nothing to do with going to the bathroom. I don't know your life. I don't know, Lauren. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to do anything to your ship. I'm not going to cause any trouble. You you have my word. Fantastic. We're going to get along great for the next two days. If you say so. Can I be untied now? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Kai go ahead and starts untying him. And he does hold up a little, like one of those hypodermic, you know, where you push it and it goes, Psh, and yeah. Uh, he holds that thing up and says, we can always take a nap if there's problems. Aren't doctors supposed to do no harm? I don't think you're allowed to drug people against their will. If I wasn't doing this, I would have to break the oath of doing no harm because I am done. I am done. <laughs> Yeah, well, so am I. So am I. And I didn't take any oath, so we're all clear. So you free him, and we've got a couple days travel to get to Delonia. I feel like this is going to be a very tense time on the ship. It's a little bit overcrowded, and there's some bad blood between <laughs> the Lorndon and kind of everybody, <laughs> except he and Cynthia spent a lot of time together. They seem to get along. Tension on the ship? What could possibly cause tension on the cautious optimism? Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Cautious Optimism. Will from Plains Talker Podcast posted on Slack. So gotta ask, how many more episodes are you guys ahead? Did you take a break? Will there be a season two? Thanks for the question, Will. We have three more episodes in season one after this one. The next few episodes are long enough that I could probably spread them out into more episodes, but I'm going to try not to. That means that season two, and yes, we are definitely having a season two, should premiere on December 3rd. We're about 12 to 13 episodes ahead of where we're releasing. When we started releasing Cautious Optimism Weekly, we were about 20 to 21 episodes ahead, so we're definitely catching up to ourselves. We took a break in July when I was out of town, which in podcast time would be 
between the last episode of season one and the first episode of season two. And like any good gaming group, we have had scheduling issues in the last couple of months. With season one wrapping up and season two coming out, we would like to do a bonus Q&A episode between the seasons. It won't disrupt our weekly release schedule, but we would like to give you an opportunity to share your cautious optimism, favorite moments, theories, and questions for Todd and the crew. We would like to have all of your questions and comments by Friday, November 19th. That way, we have some time to get the cast together and record to answer them. We'd like to put the bonus episode out on Tuesday, November 30th, so keep an eye out for that. If you're looking to hear more from the rest of the crew, you can check out all of the other fun projects we have out there. Kelly has a new episode of Mating Habits of the Modern Geek Out. She discusses with Roger, marriage, what is it good for? Bam and Todd co-host a podcast about Farming Simulator called Farming Simulated. You can listen to Todd on his podcast, Nerdbird Review, Raven on Girls Gone Wow, and me on Geektitude. We love to hear from our listeners, so please contact us on whatever platform you are most comfortable with. You can follow us on Twitter at AsTheDiceRollRP or on Instagram at AsTheDiceRoll. If you want to chat with us in real time, go check out our Slack channel over on the geek to geek Media Network Slack, which you can find by going to the Contact Us tab on the network website at geek2geekmedia.com. And while you're there, you can also join the geek to geek Media Discord server. And finally, you can always email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com or leave us a voice message by clicking on the link on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. That's it for me this week. I'll be back on November 9th with a new episode of What Is Not, and then back here on Friday, November 12th, with the next episode of Cautious Optimism. Until then, let's see if that London gets tossed out in airlock right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. I feel like we could go ahead and fast forward to the next morning if that's okay with you guys yeah mm-hmm. unless we want to have another go at repairing ship com oh yeah what's the hank status i can't remember whether any of the scientists might have been computer experts and obviously rico has some computer skills yeah rico you could assist in fixing ship com you have the computer skill to do that so i figured we'd probably give that a go whilst we weren't doing anything else because that would keep us apart of everybody else's way <laughs> That sounds good. Let's make a computer science repair role. It seems like programming role, yeah? Programming could work, yeah. Yeah. All right. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven against fifteen. Success by four. Let's see. So programming. So as you're working in Shipcom's computer system, it seems like the base functionality, like the firmware, is functional. 
So you're able to get some very rudimentary interfaces with that. But running its diagnostics, there are a lot of microfractures in the circuitry throughout the ship that is going to be very difficult and time consuming to repair. And it's a process that you can work with Hank and get started on, but it's going to be a very time consuming job. Well, I figure that's probably what we would spend our time doing. Okay. Do you reckon, Emma? <laughs> Hank, have an opinion about this? Yeah, I mean, we absolutely need to get to work on it. So let's fast forward to that night. And Kayun, mm-hmm. as you're sleeping, you're experiencing a dream that has the same kind of feeling that you had before when you were having the dreams about engineers floating outside in space and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But this time in your dream, you have three arms and three legs and three faces. And oh, dear God, you're on what you recognize as Lorna since you've been there before. But the city itself is in flames. And what you remember is tall, epic looking skyscrapers towering into the sky. Many of them have fallen over like they've been snapped in half like twigs and there's rubble and chaos everywhere and scorch marks and craters and you're rolling along you're curled up in a ball and you're rolling along which is to you as a matorb a very unsettling disturbance but in your dream it seems perfectly natural Mm -hmm. and you pop out of your ball form and stand on your legs again to see someone that you've never seen before but someone that you know very well and is a loved one and they've been ripped in half and the eyes you're looking through don't understand but you as a doctor recognize they've been clawed by some kind of animal and as you look around you see a horde of human-sized what look like giant rats but wearing clothing and holding weapons coming right at you and in that moment you wake up in a cold sweat he kind of gasps i think at this point he keeps a data pad next to his bed and he writes everything he can think of down as soon as he wakes up because he's starting to learn that these dreams are a little bit more than just weirdness. And he throws on some casual clothes real fast and runs to tell the captain. All right. What time of the day is it? This is the middle of the night. Like dead middle of the night. Yeah. I mean, first local ship time, you know, this would be like 2 a.m. Okay. I'm in my gym jams. <laughs> so there's a knock on the door and he waits to hear the response uh come in i'm in my gym jams he comes in and he holds up the pad and he goes uh, new dream very disturbing and hands it to her i read it and i mean until the rat army part it wasn't such a bad dream but okay i get it it's disturbing it's a bad dream have we encountered any rat people Are there rat people that are well-known among the League of Planets? No, you don't recognize them or have ever heard of anything like this before. I kick the small book, How to Amass a Rat Army. I kick that under the bed. (laughs) 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 Nothing to see here. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know about any sort of rat people or other species. And I say that, I realize it's very Earth-centric. 
like, cause we consider like Rico, the cat people and the other people, the dog people, cause they resemble those sorts of animals that we have on our planet. So it's probably really specious to me to refer to these as rat people, but we possibly need to find out if they exist and where they're from. If they do exist. Yeah. Let's go wake up Rico. All right, so we all uh, we all trump <laughs> through the ship in our gym jams. <laughs> all right, so Rico, I think there's a knock at your door. You, you don't get any responsive first. Not My cats are supposed to be nocturnal. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> uh, so she has the perk of being a deep sleeper. Uh, she also has a disadvantage about needing extra sleep. So, um, yeah, she sleeps a lot. She sleeps really well. Cats sleep really well. Right. Very difficult to wake up if they don't want to be woken up. Very easy to wake up if you'd rather they stayed asleep as it happened. Mm. <laughs> At some point in this, he definitely does like a bump, 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 bump. But because he's got four arms, he can actually do it in harmony. And so he's very impressed by how, how that goes off. That's awesome. After like five minutes, you're now doing basically like a drum solo on her door. She eventually, bleary eyed, opens the door. I would think knowing that we were going to go see Rico, I think en route, they did grab a cup of coffee. I mean, I should hope so. (laughs) And I think that's immediately what he hands her. (laughs) She's glowering at you. She doesn't say anything. She takes the coffee. Her tail is flicking very rapidly from side to side. Rico, we need your big brain. At 2 a.m., Captain? Yes. Kyan has potentially had a premonition about a roving band of rat people. And he hands her the data pad with the dream all written out on it. Does she recognize the species? There is a story that the Felonians tell their kids about an evil race of giant rats. It's all clouded in like fairy tale kind of stuff. Nobody really believes it, but it's the kind of thing you tell little kids, oh, you know, if you don't clean your room, the rat people will come and get you, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. You've woken me up at two o'clock in the morning to scare me with children's tales of horrible rat people? What are these tales? They're just children's stories, Captain. Um, they're, they're like, what do you humans have? The bogeyman? Is that the... Is that the correct word? They're just tales to scare children with. I don't know that a race like this actually exists. Hmm. Well, I think we need to get a hold of some of these fairy tales and just make sure, just double check that these things aren't real. Because if they're real, this could be a huge problem. And once they're done destroying Lorinda 3, we'll have to look into it. Well. Yes. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) No one else can hear this. These are three friends talking. (laughs) And we are all done. As far as I know, we are all done. (laughs) Done with the Lord. (laughs) Enrico just raises an eyebrow at that. Well, Captain, uh, I can certainly download uh, examples of children's stories from my planet. In fact, I probably have some in my system, so I can can get them for you maybe at some more civilised hour in the morning. Unfortunately, the only people I know with a really good database of DNA are the Londons. Yeah. Have we submitted our paper yet? No. 
I don't think so. We have not. Was it ready to be submitted? We spent quite a lot of time working on it. We did. Yeah, you worked on it a lot when you were on the ice planet, I think. We worked on it a lot when we were on the ice planet, and then, I don't know, something blew up. Uh, I can't remember. (laughs) It happens a lot. (laughs) We got trapped in a time bundle or something. Purple gravity beings showed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was right. We saved their baby. Which I think is the topic of our research, isn't it? I think it was, yeah. I think that was what we were doing. Yeah, so I mean, in order to get access to the to the London's database, we would have to finish the paper, which is also another thing I am not doing at two o'clock in the morning, just for the record. <laughs> and then we'd have to see if we could become members of their scientific community. We'd have to take it to their council or whatever it was. Is that really, do we really need to be having this conversation at 2 a.m.? Well, now that I know that at least you know about it, I feel better and I can go back to sleep. So I don't know about Kyan. Well, that's very nice. I'm very glad that I have given you a good night's rest. She hands you back the pad. (laughs) She hands you the now empty coffee mug and she shuts the door in your face. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Are you going to be able to get back to sleep, Kyan? I don't think I want to be. I don't think I want to go to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> At this point, Harvu Urs, the Lorndon, walks down the hallway and says, What is all this noise? What was all that banging about? Kyan shoots him the dirtiest look. <laughs> From inside the room, Rico shouts, It's a very good question! <laughs> it's hard enough to sleep with these nightmares. I don't need a bunch of noise and banging around. Please, try to be quiet. <sighs> Oh, Harvu, let's go to the mess hall, the three of us, and talk about your nightmare. I'd love to hear all about it. Mm, I, I doubt that, but okay. And he goes with you. I shoot Kai in a look like, obviously don't tell him that you've shared his nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> he tucks the data pad behind his back in his waistband. All right. So you guys get to the mess hall, and he grabs some kind of little food to snack on. And he sits down and he says, it's the same nightmare I've been having for the last six months or so. It started while I was on the station. I was working on my machine, my time machine, as everyone incorrectly calls it. And there was some kind of power surge. Something happened. And I blacked out. And that was the first time I had this nightmare. And ever since then, when I sleep, I usually have it at least once a night. And it's just, I'm back on Lorndon, but something has attacked the city, the buildings have collapsed, everything's on fire, we're in some kind of war, and I find my wife, and she's dead, and then there are these rat men with weapons, and they're soldiers, and they're at war with us, I guess, and that's usually when I wake up, and in the dream, my wife is a little bit older. And I am too. It's as if it's some kind of nightmare of something in the future, but it is absurd. Can you assess out how old you are? It seems like we're a few years older than now. And you talk about rat people. I've never heard about rat people. I did a little research with what I could while I was on the station. And there's some evidence to suggest that there are rat people in the galaxy far beyond the League of Planets. 
that may have lived in this part of space in the past. But if that's even true, they've been extinct for thousands of years. And how do you know that they've been extinct for thousands of years? Archaeologists have studied sites of places where they may have lived and, you know, found their remains and bones and whatnot, but they're all thousands of years old. Well, that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's a silly dream. Obviously, the result of my subconscious during a time of great stress you know, surely, that being on that station in that time bubble was a difficult time for everyone, and there were problems with our neurology about the time I first had that dream. If you recall, there's damage to our neurons and such in our brains while we were on that station, and so it, somehow all of that combined to create this pernicious nightmare that plagues me still. Well, I'm sorry you're having this nightmare. That sounds terrifying. Thank you. It is. Why were you all up in the middle of the night? I just like to bother Rico sometimes. It's fun. Oh, I could see that. As long as we're talking and we're being civil, I, uh, I have a favor to ask you. Okay. Well, this will be interesting. My career as a scientist is done. They're going to strip me of my place in the Lorndon Science Council. And that means my lifelong career is over. And I received a message that was sent some time ago, but I didn't receive it while I was on the station un until now. I'm finally able to access it. My niece passed away. So basically, I'm thinking about joining a Lorndon colony that is made up of misfits and people who are outcasts, I suppose you'd say. And I was wondering if you would drop me at that colony. Well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear about your niece. Where is the colony in relation to where we're headed? It's not far, about a, a day's travel from Delonia. I look at Kyan, I, I don't see any reason why we couldn't do that. No, it makes sense. Well, what about your, your wife, though? Now, I'm going to invite her to join me on the colony, but I don't know if that's something she wants to do or not. I just, I can't go back home after everything. I can't face them. Maybe one day. Maybe I'll go home a few years from now when we're attacked by rat people. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys have peculiar laughs. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good night. Very good. Good night. And for what it's worth, I am sorry for all the trouble I caused. Yeah, well. It yeah. happens. We understand. And with that, he leaves the room. Oh, thank God. I thought he was going to ask to stay with us. <laughs> so did I. So did I. <laughs> oh, missed opportunity. Oh. Because <laughs> oh. that wouldn't have been awkward at all. Oh, God. It's like when you're at a party and that person you really don't want to talk to is like, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And you're like, no, please don't ask me out. Please don't ask me out. Please don't ask me out. <laughs> oh, no. No. Whew. Okay. Ah, so maybe we have a couple years to figure out what's going on with the rat people. I think we have enough going on that this might be able to go on the back burner for just a little bit. Just right. just a little bit. Well, good. There's some good news has come from your terrible, horrible precognitive dreams. <laughs> Hopefully you'll stop having them. Maybe there's like a pill or a herbal tea. At this point, I just want things to be simple. And they don't seem to want to be simple. Because once we deliver these people... We still have to figure out what we're going to do about the guild. And that feels like it's going to be a whole new thing of bad. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Aren't you glad you stayed? So glad. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Pat you on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to bed then. <laughs>
Yes, just out of character, I feel like this was good because I feel like there was tensions between Rory and Kain for a little bit. I feel like at this point, <laughs> we're all kind of square. Oh, I didn't feel that at all because I got to yell at you. So, so it was over for Rory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was never for Rory. <laughs> Rory was done. It was over for Rory. I said what I had to say. I burn hot and then burn out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but good. I'm glad. Next time on Cautious Optimism. We are approaching Delonia. We'll check to make sure that there's no long-lasting damage, but that they should be good to go and that they shouldn't worry anything more about it. Help me. I assist you. There is an error. I am installed in the wrong ship. Yeah, sorry. It seems like we've uh, reverted to a previous save here, Hank. He was arguing sentience last time we talked to him. No. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek to geek mediacom If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com.